everyone. Welcome to church. My name is Melissa and I serve on our cafe team. We are so excited that you decided to join us this Christmas. When you walked into church today, you received a bulletin. In that bulletin is a connection card. If you would, go ahead and fill that out with as much information as you're comfortable giving. At the bottom of your card is our pray for one section. This is where we are writing down the names of people in our lives that could use some of God's love. As well as the prayer we are praying each day, God send me one person today to share your love with. If you are new to Life Church or want to learn more about who we are as a church, you can join us for Grow. Grow happens the first two Sundays of every month at 1030 in our conference room. You can sign up for our January sessions on the back of your connection card. For more information, please visit our Welcome Center in the lobby, and someone will be there to answer any questions that you may have. This Christmas season, we have the amazing opportunity to help the homeless in our communities. Over the next week, Life Church will be collecting bed-sized blankets. If you would like to help, please bring a blanket into our lobby by the Welcome Center. Next week, we will be starting our new series we're calling Amazing Grace. This series will be all about experiencing the incredible grace that God has for your life. You can join us for this series at our traditional service times, which are Thursdays, 6.30 p.m. and Sundays, 8, 9.30 and 11 a.m. That's it for Life Church News. Merry Christmas and enjoy the rest of your service. Grace of Jesus Christ. And the title of our message today is what you really want for Christmas. Would you pull out your notes? In your bulletin are these notes and there's... The most important part is there's the story, the Christmas story. The scriptures are right on these notes, and you're going to help you to follow along. If you'll pull that out, it's got the simple Christmas logo at the top. And we're going to talk about what you really want for Christmas. Surely you've all seen these commercials. The one I'm thinking of is two neighbors in their driveways outside, and the one guy's unloading his car. And the other one tells him that this year he got what he really wanted for Christmas. And then the camera pans over to his new GMC pickup. Well, the first guy, of course, has to admit defeat as he walks off crestfallen because we know that once you have a new GMC pickup, all your problems are over, right? Of course they are. And then a voice comes on talking faster than a chipmunk. All you can make out is something about payments for the rest of your life. And, um, but I'm hoping today uh, in this Christmas story that we'll actually find Something even better, if possible. Is it possibly better than a GMC pickup? Well, let's see if we can find what we really want for Christmas. And we're going to focus on the part of the Christmas story where Jesus actually came into the earth. We think of Christmas, that's when Christ came to earth. When we normally think of the manger, which was awesome. But actually, I think, you know, that Jesus came into the earth nine months before that uh, when Mary said yes uh, to this announcement. So we're going to just focus on that moment because that's really when Christ came into the world. And that story actually begins uh, with Mary's favorite cousin, Elizabeth, Mary uh, going and staying for three months. Now, some of you hope you have some family hanging around for Christmas. How would you like if they came and stayed for three months? Would that be fine with you guys? Some of you are like nervous. You're like, don't get any ideas. Well, Mary did that with Elizabeth. Uh, they really were that close. And we pick up the story here in verse 26, if you follow along in your, in your notes there of Luke chapter 2, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, uh, just a little backstory there, um, Elizabeth had been unable to conceive for a long time. In her very old age, God miraculously um, allowed her to conceive, and she was pregnant with what, who we know to be John the Baptist, so... Uh, Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist, and at this time, God sent the angel Gabriel, follow along here, verse 26, God sent the angel Gabriel 
to Nazareth, the village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive, give birth to a son, and you'll name him Jesus. He'll be very great. He'll be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, how can this happen? I'm a virgin. Now, is it, just to stop right here, you have to notice this. It's almost a little bit humorous that Mary has no problem believing all these amazing things the angel says about the child. That's no problem. She just has one little technical question. How can this happen? I'm a virgin. I mean, the angel has given her five things that, about this child that's going to be in her. And she's like, no problem. Here's, here, look at verse 32. You'll see them. He'll be very great. Mary's like, check. No problem. Kind of expected that. He'll be son of the Most High. There's a second one. He'll be given the throne of his ancestor, David. He's going to be the king. Here's the third one. Here's the fourth one. He'll reign over Israel forever. And the last one, his kingdom will never end. Trillions of years from now, he's still king. Mary has no problem with all of this. She's picturing the bumper sticker she gets to put on the back of her van, right? We get to put my child as an honor grad at Bonnie Eagle Middle School. She's like, my son is like God, you know? Um, And she has no problem believing all that, but she does have one little technical question. Okay, God, you can make him as awesome as you want, Um, but I'm a virgin, so how is this going to happen? Verse 35, the angel replies, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the baby to be born will be holy. He's not going to have the same struggles that we all have with sin. He's not going to have those struggles. He'll be called the Son of God. What's more, the angel said in verse 36, your relative Elizabeth will become pregnant, has become pregnant, rather, in her old age. People who used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For nothing, will you read these words with me? For nothing is impossible with God. Let's say that again. For nothing is impossible with God. Somebody needs to hear that because you've got something you think is impossible. And there's good news. There's nothing impossible with God. So up till now, this has all been God's revelation to Mary. And I think the most important two words of the Christmas story are right here. Because God never just plows his way your life. If you don't want God's will in your life, you don't have to have it. There, God's always looking for a response. That is, if, if we're going to receive him. And verse 38, look at the first two words of verse 38. Mary responded. Now, we'll go on with what she responded, but the most important part is that all of the good stuff comes when a human being responds to God. That's when things get exciting. And the first thing, and I hope you'll write this down, the first thing that you want for Christmas is a response to a revelation that completes the circuit. If we have any electricians in here, you know it's only so good until that circuit is complete and then the power flows and that's when the good things happen. Mary responded to God. Now we tend to think that the amazing part of this is the revelation. We think, oh, God spoke to Mary. I wish he would do that for me. But according to the Bible, according to Jesus, That's actually not the rare part of this equation. That's the given. According to Jesus, God speaks to everybody. According to him, from your birth, God has been revealing himself to you. And that's the reason for pretty much everybody in here 
you come in, you already believe in God. The truth is God is just as real to you as he was to Mary. There's just, there's no doubt there. That's not an issue for you. You see, what's rare in the story is the response. The revelation really is only gets increased by responding. Interesting story. When our son David was five years old, our family was gathered with the, the Winters. They're, they're pastors of the Rock Church. And we were just praying, each going around, taking a turn, praying. And as we're praying, he had a vision. Jesus appeared to David, gave him, gave him a little piece. It only happened one time in his life, but uh, Christ told him something about his future. Now, Raquel could tell something was happening. She didn't know what, but later he told us, you know, exactly what happened and what Christ told him. I'm only telling you that story for this point. But a month after that, I asked David, kind of doing our devotions at night, and I asked him, I said, David, is God more real to you now than he was before you had that experience, before Christ appeared to you? And he thought long and hard, and he said, you know, no, no, it's exactly the same. My faith is the same. My experience is just exactly the same as it was before. See, we tend to think that our faith grows based on a revelation. If I hear, if I hear and see something more clear, if, I, if Jesus shows up, then no, but that isn't how it works at all. How your faith grows, it's based on your response. God is revealing himself to everybody. Now, people tend to think, no, not me, Pastor Brian. God has never talked to me. Oh, yes, he has. We've all heard this. Here's normally how it starts. When your hand is in the cookie jar, now you understand, now maybe at Christmas I'm talking about an actual cookie jar, but I'm speaking metaphorically here for a million things that you're doing something and you hear as clear as a bell. Ooh, I wouldn't do that. That's going to hurt. Now, that's really stupid. Something like, you hear something like that, and what do you say in your brain? Now, you don't say this right out loud, but you say, I don't hear nothing. <laughs> I don't hear anything. Now, when you, when you pretend that you don't hear when you don't want to hear, well, God doesn't just up the ante and reveal greater things to you. That's not how faith grows. Faith grows by by when you hear small little whispers, small things that you think are God, you respond to that, the circuit gets complete, and your faith keeps growing. It depends on how much we respond to him. That's how faith grows. Mary has been responding to God for a long time, but look how she responds. If you look at verse 38, Mary responds, I am the Lord's servant. Now, maybe that sounds cool. It's kind of a cool part of the Christmas story. That word servant actually is translated in another translation, slave. Mary knows good and well that being pregnant at her age, and she's not married yet, is going to cause her a lot of headaches, a lot of trouble, a lot of turmoil. And she's saying, God, whatever you say, even though it's hard, even though it may not be what I want right now, I want it anyways. I want it because you want it. And when you want what God wants, that's the response he's looking for. And that's when amazing things happen. In fact, that is actually when Jesus came into this world. That's when he came into this world, into Mary's womb. At that moment, God is looking for a response. The same thing he's looking for in each one of us. That response, that response opens the door. So she responds to God. And again, that's the most important part, I think, of the whole Christmas story. Because now Christ is here, he's in the world, and God wants to make your future more clear to you. He wants your faith to grow. 
to where your future is more clear and his plan for your life is more clear. But I'll say it again. If you, if you fail to respond and acknowledge him in little things, you can get to a spot where you say, well, I don't even know if he's out there. He be, it, things become dull. Spiritually, things become dull. It actually rides on your response, not on his revelation. So as we go on uh, in the story, we're, we're just going to see here that God wants to reveal himself to you. And, and just go on if you look now in the, in the story in verse 39. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived. See, things really get kicked off. You start responding to God and good things start happening. She's showing up to Elizabeth's house here. It's about 100 miles, by the way, so she's obviously drained when she gets there. She enters the house and greets Elizabeth. So she's just saying hello, all right? Again, she's tired. She's walked a long ways. She says hello, verse 41, at the sound of Mary's greeting. So the cousins have just gotten together. The Christmas party is just beginning. The door just opened. Mary says, surprise! Elizabeth's child, notice the scripture, Elizabeth's child leaped within her. There's so much just profound truth in this story because that's exactly the way God works today. Just like God works that way in Mary's life where your response is important, it is so important the company that you keep. Because when you're in the presence of God's people, in in the presence of spirit-filled people, that same Holy Spirit gets off on you. And this child leaped, and you look at the next verse, the next words, she's filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, this is John the Baptist, and if you know your Bible, you know that the Bible says John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit while he was in Elizabeth's womb. Well, that happened right here. The reason John the Baptist was amazing was not because he ate grasshoppers, which he did, by the way. The Bible says that was his, that was his primary meal, grasshoppers. How would you like that? Are you guys hoping for a better Christmas meal than grasshoppers? <laughs> Somebody's like, man, give me some grasshoppers. That sounds cool. I don't even think they were chocolate-covered, by the way. But nonetheless, what made John the Baptist amazing was how the Spirit of God anointed his life. Here's the point. That all got kicked off right here. Mary shows up. The Holy Spirit descends upon her. Now, she's already said yes to Christ. And that, you know, God, God just uses you. When you're in that position of faith and you're saying yes to Christ, it affects other people. She shows up, and now Elizabeth gets filled with the Holy Spirit, John the Baptist on the inside of her gets filled with the Spirit. And here's the main point. Elizabeth's future is in, on the inside of her. And this is the way God does it 100 times out of 100. He reveals your future to you. Your future will kick, if you will. Your future, you just have a certain, ooh, when you're in the, right, when you're the presence of the right people. When you're in that company, you just all of a sudden know something. You don't even know how you know it. It just moves on you. I've lost track of how many times I've been sitting in a church service, I've been sitting listening to somebody preach the Word of God, and something utterly unrelated to what they're talking about, it just hits me, and I just see it. God does that. That's the way He works. I know some of you are thinking, oh, Pastor Brian, that happens to me every week. Every week, you're up there talking, and it hits me. I left the stove on. Oh, (laughs) I'm hoping your revelations are greater than the fact that you may have left the stove on. Um, If you did, by the way, you can run out. But I'm hoping your revelations are greater than that. But it is true. The company you keep is shockingly important. But by the way, you're in the company of God's people. You are right now. The Holy Spirit is here. 
would you let me pray for you? Don't get too encouraged. When I say close your eyes, normally that's like the end of the service, so don't get that encouraged yet, right? But just close your eyes for just a minute. Close your eyes. I want to pray for you. God, I just want to pray in the name of Jesus Christ that if you've got something better planned for 2018, something different, something's supposed to change, something, maybe it's a ministry, maybe it's something that we actually have to sacrifice to do, but, or maybe it's a business, maybe it's something in a relationship. God, whatever it is, if there is something, I just pray that you'll just give a little kick right now. Something, a knowledge will come to us. Now just stay still for a minute because there's some of you in here that you not, you not only have a little thought coming to you a little bit, you've actually got some clarity about what that thing is, but you're afraid of it because it involves some sacrifice. Gang, you've got to know that this baby that leapt for joy at this moment, for the next three months, he just kept kicking, and that wasn't the Holy Spirit the next three months. He was just kicking her, and then he came out uh, giving birth, and that was painful, and then she had to give her whole life to sacrifice to raise this child. The point is, the good stuff, the really good stuff, the stuff that you end up being really glad is a part of your life, always involves some sacrifice. So God, we just pray in Jesus' name. As you, as you show us things about our life, God, we're not afraid to make that sacrifice. Maybe that sacrifice is just showing up to church more often in 2018. Whatever it is, God, we're going to say yes, we're going to give it, we're going to do it. And by your grace, we're going to see amazing new things in 2018. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, amen. amen. All right, let's keep going in our story here. Verse 41, the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leapt within her. And then Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit fills you. When you're committed to the same future he's committed to, so the Holy Spirit comes upon people to empower them to serve his kingdom. He's not just there to make you happy. He's there to, to build his kingdom. And when you're committed to, to do what he wants done, she's filled with the Holy Spirit. Notice what happens. Verse 41, she's filled with the Holy Spirit. She gives a glad, will you say that? Say a glad cry. She gives a glad cry. You guys know what a glad cry looks like, right? Wow. Right? If you're here for the first time, you don't quite understand that. But that's a regular part of life church history right there. A glad cry. You can't be full of the Holy Spirit and be depressed at the same time. Those two don't fit in the same container. They just don't. When you're full, committed to God's future, the Spirit of God empowers you for that, and you can't help but having joy. Right? You can't help it. I've had people tell me, oh, Pastor Byrne, I'm just doing God's will. I'm doing it. I'm full of the Holy Spirit, Pastor Brian. Yeah, right. Inform your face, buddy, because that's not the way it works. When you legitimately, I'm not saying even, there's things he calls you to that are hard. The times in life are hard. I get it. But when you're committed to God's future, there's something about his spirit that empowers you, even when it's hard, that there is a joy about your life. So Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. And look what she says. She exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. But why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You're blessed because you believed the Lord would do what he said. The next thing you want for Christmas is the Holy Spirit. You want your life full of God's Holy Spirit. 
I know at least one person is thinking, no, I've seen people full of the Holy Spirit and they're weird. Let me make you a guarantee, if you track that person back far enough, they were weird long before they ever met the Holy Spirit. Don't blame your weirdness on the Holy Spirit, okay? He's got nothing to do with that. No, the Holy Spirit is the, is the strength. In fact, if you look under that in your notes there, there's actually, the Bible gives us seven different characteristics of things the Holy Spirit does in our lives. Number one is a helper. Anybody ever need any help? Help. How about the second one? The second one's my favorite of the seven, the comforter. This world and people in this world can be cold and dark and hard, but the comforter is the Holy Spirit on the inside. He's the internal fireplace with free coffee, even when the world is cold, right? He's our comforter. He's our advocate. That's a lawyer. Sometimes you need a good lawyer, a a lawyer that argues your case. The Holy Spirit does that. Sometimes your own head gets on the, the side against you on the accusations, and your own head will start arguing, I'm a bum, I'm no good, I'm no good, I'm no... You guys ever been there? I'm no good. The Holy Spirit is the one who takes up God's case for you, and he's the one who says, no, this girl is a winner. This guy is a winner. And, and it, because of Christ, he goes free. He argues your case for you. We need to spend a little more time listening to him than listening to some of those other voices in our head. He's our intercessor. He prays for us. He's our counselor. Anybody ever need a counselor? Anybody you ever almost do something really stupid? The Holy Spirit's there to counsel you. You ever almost do something stupid? Somebody's thinking, no, no, no. I never almost. I don't think ever I almost did it. I think I've only, I think I've only done something stupid, Pastor. I've never almost done it. Well, you need to listen to the counselor then because he'll give you some better advice than that. He's your strengthener. He's your standby. He's that friend that's going to stand by you when everybody else runs. Well, Mary has now come to Elizabeth's house. Elizabeth is now full of the Holy Spirit, and that gets off on Mary. Again, the company you keep is shockingly important. You know, it might be a good idea. Just coming back to church. I don't know if you're aware of this, but we do this every single week here. And it's equally awesome. It really is. It's important, the company you keep. Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit, and look what happens. That rubs off on Mary. Look at verse 46. Mary responded. Again, she's responding now to the Holy Spirit that's coming through Elizabeth. And she says this, oh, can we read this together? Let's read verse 46 and 47 together. Mary responded, oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. You know how most of you did that? You're like, oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my can, can we try that a little bit more convincing this time? Pretend like you're reading for the role, okay? You're reading for the part, right? Here we go, verse 46 and verse 47. From the top, are you ready? Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. You can't get full of God's Holy Spirit without rejoicing. Your soul is your emotions. Anybody ever get messed up in your emotions? Her emotions, her soul, your mind and your emotions are, are rejoicing. Her soul, her spirit. This is the product of grace. All of the good things that God brings into our lives, all the free gifts, the Holy Spirit, quite honestly. 
the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the joy that God brings, Christ coming into the world. They're all parts of God's grace. There's a reason why for hundreds of years the most famous Christian song is Amazing Grace. Because every good thing that we enjoy with God is a part of, it's another aspect of, when you say this word, say Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace. Christmas is an amazing grace. Christ coming into our world. Grace is that free gift of God. And there are some very practical things we can do to on purpose stay under the spout where the grace comes out. In fact, this coming year, 2018, we are starting the year with a series, six weeks, called Amazing Grace. You saw that little promo before in the service. Well, we're just going to dig. Dig into the book of Galatians in your Bible is, is all about grace and how it works and how you, and it's shocking, some of the things that get revealed. You know, actually, one of the primary ways that you get out from under grace and you lose your joy and you lose is you start working too hard or, or just working to please God. Put it that way. Once you start working too hard to impress God, you lose it all. You have to maintain that awareness that just like Christmas, it's a free gift, and you got to enjoy the free stuff that God gives you. That's amazing. Great. That's exactly what Mary is doing here. That response of, oh, how my soul praises God, she has got amazing grace, and she's just responding. That's the natural part of that. In fact, would you be willing, on January 1, I'm going to ask you to do something. January 1, you guys already have version. If you don't have version on your phone, well, you're in deep trouble. But if you, <laughs> go get it. Go, down, go, to your, go to your Play Store, download version, And then on that app, there's, we all do lots of reading plans. But on January 1, I'm hoping that you will start this version, this reading plan, rather, Love God Greatly, Galatians. It's just a verse-by-verse study of the book of Galatians so you can learn how to enjoy the grace of God. Because that is exactly, the next three things, will you write them down? Here's the next three things that you want for Christmas, and it's grace, joy, and love. Write those three down. Now, you're tempted to say, now, Pastor Brian, for a month, you've been telling us in the Simple Christmas series that it's faith, joy, and love. Faith and grace are two ends of the same stick. But grace is the more important part because it's God's end. It's what He extends to us. Faith is the human response to that, but it's grace, amazing, amazing grace. In fact, in your bulletin, you may see there's a place where if you text grace to a certain number, it just starts, kicks off a, a survey for you to vote on your favorite vocalist of Amazing Grace. And again, again, I love the song. The song is cool. But actually, receiving grace is even better than that. You need grace, simple grace, simple joy, simple love. That's what makes tonight's gathering amazing. That's what makes Christmas amazing. Now, if you've got a GMC pickup, awesome. <laughs> but who knows there's something even better. Now, if you've got heated leather seats now, now you, and you could have potentially both. You could have amazing grace and heated leather seats at the same time, and that would be like double awesome, right? You're like, oh, yeah. You're getting it inside and outside, right? Hallelujah. But this is what we really want. And why? Why do we want that? Because... The grace of God, that joy, that, that when Mary is responding, oh, how my soul rejoices in God my Savior, that process, receiving grace, getting a revelation, voicing it, it, it cleans you out. Some of you, bless your hearts, you need to get out on the road and blow out some carbon. You need a 
cleansing, and I'm not talking herbal here. <laughs> I mean, you need the spirit of the living God to just reach in on the inside of you and pull some things out that even Jesus don't know what they are. They're like, ooh, what's that? You ever see the movie Gremlins? I think it's one of those. There's just some stuff in there that's got to get cleansed. You need a cleansing. And the next thing is this. Here's the last three. Write these things down. You need, those, you need grace, joy, and love because they are cleansing, they're validating, and they're strengthening. Validating. Look at the next verse, by the way. Verse 46 and 47 is Mary praising God, how my spirit rejoices in God. Look at verse 48. So Mary's just praising God, her Savior, and then she says this interesting, the very next thing she says, for he, God, took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on, all generations will call me, Mary, will call me blessed. Now, at face value, this seems kind of out of place, like Mary's just throwing herself in here. Now, come on, Mary, this is about Jesus, this is about God, don't, don't get, don't, don't talk about yourself, but it always works this way. When you get a revelation of grace, God's writing you into his story. History is his story, but he writes you into it, and you see it, and it is not selfish at all to feel. When you're doing God's will, it's not a selfish thing at all to say, you know what? After my life is over, people are going to envy it. Yep. After my life is over, people are going to look back at that and say, that was awesome. That's exactly what Mary's saying, and I think you should feel that way if you're responding to Christ, because you know that God does good things. He uses us in amazing ways. It's validating. And when you get validated by God, life can be hard, but it's strengthening. Even when you have to do something tough, when you know it's part of God's plan, it just strengthens you to face it. We all face tough things, but the strength of God is amazing. And it's all a part of that amazing, amazing grace I want us to sing that song because grace is what Christmas is all about, receiving the grace of Christ. I already voted for my favorite vocalist of Amazing Grace, and it's Bobby. So she's going to come up, and we're going to sing that. And I hope that you get this, gang. I'm not asking us to sing this song because this is the upcoming series. I mean, that's awesome. But you're only going to enjoy Christmas if you enjoy Amazing Grace. You're only going to enjoy Christmas if you recognize that there is a free, everybody say a free gift, gift. a free gift called Jesus that you respond to. Would you just close your eyes for just a second? I just want to pray for you before we sing this song. God, I just pray that Christmas in every heart, Lord, even if, even if somebody's going home to an empty house, it's not empty because you are there and your spirit is there. And what actually makes life complete is you and your grace and your free gifts. So God, help us to see it. Help us to appreciate the amazing grace of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the grace of Christmas. Every good thing that we receive is part of your grace. We're thankful for it, and it is amazing to us.
Thank you for the grace of Christmas. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into this world. And even more, thank you for revealing to that to us personally. Lord Jesus, you're not just alive, but you're alive in us. Thank you. Thank you for amazing grace. Thank you. Lord, thank you for the ability to respond to that grace. We do that today. Can we all just pray this? Just repeat this simple prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your grace. Thank you for coming to this earth to bear my sin. Lord, I place my faith in you. I respond to you. I say yes to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this candle is represent, it's supposed to represent, if you will receive it correctly, your response. It's your faith. It's your response. So let's all stand up together, and the ushers are going to come. And only one little housekeeping piece. If your candle is unlit, that's yours is the one that goes sideways, okay? If your candle is lit, keep it upright. It's hot enough in here. We don't need to light the place on fire, right? Um, but just remember that as you're holding that candle, I hope that you'll express that, and I hope that you'll sing this song and just express that to God. God, we love you, and this is my response to you. I say yes to everything that you want in my life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's respond to God. Oh 
forget to put your connection cards in the bucket as well and there'll be someone to collect uh, the candles in the buckets as well on your way out. Merry Christmas.